Welcome to Audacity Podcast. This is Michael. And I'm Stephen. Thanks for joining us today. If you've been here before, welcome back. If it's your first time, thanks for joining us. Welcome and namaste and all that bullshit. Uh, so, uh, um, <laughs> so, so let me, let me, let me tell you, let me tell you about my night last night. So, all right, give it to me. Uh, my, my daughter, uh, as you know, she had her birthday last week and same, same day as me. Um, that's yeah, right. Only that's the right. best of people have that day. So it's that's, cool. That's right. So, um, I was, uh, I had to put something together. Uh, one of the, one of the presents she got was a, a vanity. Uh, you know, it's one of those tables that you sit at that has a mirror yeah. and, and yeah. you know, you do your makeup and shit. And yeah. I've used, so, I've used one of those for 35 years. So I'm familiar. Okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, this thing comes in in two big boxes and they are heavy boxes. And so I come home from work last night and I'm just, I'm just beat. And, uh, you know, my wife pops her head in and she goes, uh, she goes, I, I need a favor. And I go, what do you need? And she said, I need you to put this vanity together tonight. <laughs> we need to work on this. I said, there is no way in this equation. That's you. And yeah. she goes, I, I can't do it. She goes, I need you to do it. So I said, okay. So I, I'm grumbled in there and, you know, I pop this thing open. I mean, it is just eight jillion parts yeah. to this thing. The hardware bag weighed two pounds. I mean, it was it was damn near the size of a basketball. But what was what was funny about the whole thing, which took me three hours to put together too. So I was I was in a I was just I was real pleasant by the time we got done with this. What was funny about it was, and what. <laughs> It came, the tools that it came with, you know, you've opened Ikea stuff and, and stuff like that. And they come oh, up yeah. with little tools and stuff like that. This thing came with a screwdriver. I shit you not. It was maybe three quarters of an inch long. And <laughs> I mean, it was the stumpiest little screwdriver. Um, Hope this helps. It did not. And, <laughs> and so it got, it got to the point to where I, um, uh, I actually gave it a try. You know, I, when it came time to screw something down, I actually gave it a try and it failed miserably. So I'm, I'm yelling at, I'm yelling at my wife saying, saying, God, get me a goddamn screwdriver. Get me one that actually works. And, um, so yeah, but we got it. We got a big tickle out of the little baby screwdriver and, uh, you know, I, I, what I was reminded of when I saw it, is that that scene in the movie Zoolander when Mugatu takes him in to show him the 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 center he's going to build for him? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he looks at it and goes, "What is this? <laughs> an, an institution for ants?" <laughs> and uh, and I had that same thought when I when I saw that screwdriver. I go, "What is this? A screwdriver for ants?" <laughs> so, so we had a big laugh over that, but. God damn. I don't know what the tenants, I, you know, I get that, you know, when you're shipping something, something from China, cause, and, and funny enough, the thing got there relatively undamaged. Yeah. You know, and you know, they, there was only one piece that was damaged and it can be fixed. Um, I was kind of impressed actually, uh, that it, that it made it all the way from China to here with all the, all the ships, the ports, the trucks, the handling, you know, and it only had that little piece broken. So I was kind of impressed with that, but I mean, just, that, and 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 our listeners out there in Audacity Land can uh, can can definitely sympathize with this, but there is no there is no greater misery than putting something together like that. It is just man, I yeah, I got to tell you, for a while, putting stuff together just sort of reminded me of you know being on the farm with Dad mm-hmm. and him wanting me to help him do something, but. You know, not really, because he wanted to be in charge and do everything. And I'm a stupid kid. I don't know what I'm doing type deal, you know, well, which I didn't, course. to be fair, you know. I mean, I of course, of uh, course. So now I kind of, and I've had relationships with people who are very impatient when it comes to those things. And mm. I, I, when I get into those modes of I'm going to put something together, I adhere to the philosophy of measure twice, cut once. 
and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how long it takes me to do it. As long as I get it done, I'm fine with it. And, uh, case in point in the, the current computer chair that I'm sitting in right now, I had to put that together by myself. And it's one of these, you know, I think it's all marketing bullshit, but gamer chairs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just got one that I thought was going to be comfortable. Well, this son of a bitch took me like two hours to put together. Cause I was by myself <laughs> and you know, the back of it was heavy enough to make it awkward when you were putting the thing on and whatever. So yeah, I get what, I get what you mean. They, they ship you this thing. You're putting it together yourself. They give you a couple of, to call them tools. It's, it's been an really generous. It's an uh, insult to tools. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, and yeah. So, and, and I'm going to tell you, it took me three hours putting this thing together with help. Yeah. I, you know, I, I had Jennifer fetching parts for me and holding stuff and, and have, you know, have more of my daughter, you know, holding stuff. And if I'd had to put that together by myself, it, it would have, it'd have been one or two o'clock in the morning before I, I got done with it. But you know, sometimes though, well, I'll say sometimes, but most of the time, if, if you're asking me help, but they're going to be impatient and get on my nerves and we're going to be trying to kill each other by the time it's done or by myself. And it takes three hours. I'm going to pick the ladder every single time. Oh yeah, definitely. Unless I just physically cannot, you know, if you're putting together some huge thing and you need lifting help or whatever, right. Then of course you, you would want the assistance, but if it's not, you know, if it's just some bookshelf or a chair or whatever, no, I'd rather just do it by myself. It can take me four hours. It doesn't matter. I will say this. What's what's great about doing stuff like that, it is the it is the one time that I can get away with being a complete asshole. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's like, and especially last night because she came in and asked me and, and I started I started grumbling and bitching about it. And, and she goes, I didn't even want to ask you because I knew you would. I know you're tired and I knew you'd be, you'd be upset. Well, at least and there's like, that understanding. You know, I think that's a, you have a longer relationship going, you get into, yeah. the, it's like the early relationship arguments where maybe it's the first time you've ever put something together, you know, together. Uh, and you don't know each other's style. Right. <laughs> and right. So, and there's a hard <laughs> clash. I mean, that, that definitely happened to me a couple of times. And well, that because I'm, I am, I'm more of a patient person, but that can also translate into I'm taking it, I'm taking too long. Right. And I get, I get that, you know, it's just, that's how I operate with things. But I also understand how that could be annoying to someone who just wants to start going, but nothing pisses me off more than the people who just start going and they put in a shelf backwards because they were in too much of a damn hurry to pay attention to what they were doing, which literally happened for a long time. I had a bookshelf that uh, a girlfriend helped put together and she got impatient like that and she screwed the thing in backwards and I left it that way to prove (laughs) a point. God damn it. You're going to see this every time. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, I was a little bit of an asshole after a while because I would continuously point it out. But that that crap makes me mad. My dad acted that way. You know, you know, she did. I've I've known other people to do that. I can't Mm. stand that stuff. I can't stand it. I understand getting frustrated when you're working on crap that's, you know, maybe it's intricate. Maybe it's just you got to sit there in an awkward position while you're putting something together. I get it. It's not fun. But I guess because of that experience, I try my very best if I have to work with somebody else to maintain my patience and not get aggravated at them because chances are they don't like doing it either. Sure. And, you know, you're in the same boat, so let's not make it any worse than it is possible. Well, and and I'm going to tell you, there is no, there is no bigger relationship tester than something like that. There's, there's two things that, that test, any relationship that, okay, are we ready to move to the next level here? It's, it's putting something together for the first time and going on a long trip together because you will, you will get to see a person completely unvarnished in those, in those two yep. instances. Yep. So, I mean, I mean, cause so, I mean, if the person you're dating is a raging asshole, you're going to see it. Yeah. So, you know, so, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like, 
you know, it's kind of like the test there. It's like, okay, you know, uh, and you get home and you're like, man, this person sucks. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, but you know, there, there's no greater, but there's no greater joy in engaging in some activity that, that you actually like. And that leads us into, that leads us into our first kind of topic today is hobbies. Um, you know, I'm, um, I, I'm a bit of a hobby hound, uh, as, as my wife would say. Um, and, and I think this is, I think this is some untreated ADHD going on, uh, really, but, but I, I'm into literally everything. I, I want to try and do everything. And so I've had to, I've had to learn to limit limit it down to the things that I really enjoy the most. Um, which, uh, which I, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about at length with anybody that will pull my string. Right. So, you know, it's, uh, so, you know, just, just kind of, you know, what we, what we kind of wanted to, to go over is, you know, what are, what is our, you know, what are our favorite hobbies, you know, and, and me and, you know, me and Steven, we've known each other for years and we, you know, we, we, uh, we pretty much, there's not much we don't know about each other at this point. Uh, you know, 30 years will do that to you. Yeah. Um, but when we were talking about doing this thing, I might know your hobbies. You might know a lot of mine, but mm-hmm. what we've never really gotten too deep into is how we got into them, why we continued with them. And there are hobbies mm-hmm. that you took up after, you know, like after college and think we didn't live in the same town. We didn't, you know, it was just once or twice a year contact, you know, at mm-hmm. that point getting together when we were both back home or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And so I know that you've gotten hobbies later on that I don't know that much about. Same with mm-hmm. me. But mm-hmm. I thought what was interesting is maybe going back to the beginning and talking about what, what it was that got you in your hobbies you know, I was also thinking about how we, you and I both do this as you kind of jump from hobby to hobby sometimes, uh, like what you said. Yeah. There's a wide range of things that you'll get interested in, but then it loses your attention. You jump to something else. You come back mm-hmm. to that one thing again, uh, maybe talking about more of the stories behind those things on top of just what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, well, um, I guess, in, you know, in that case, I guess I'll fire off. So, uh, you know, uh, one of, one of my hobbies and probably one of my, one of my greatest interests is, is aviation. Um, you know, I, I am a, I am a licensed private pilot and, uh, this is something, you know, that was the manifestation of a, of a dream I've had since I was five years old. Right. That's weird. Cause I never. I never heard you talk about that ever. I like think you're full school. of shit. I think you're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're trying to lie to everybody right now. <laughs> so, so, well, and, and to be honest with you, it it it, it kind of comes from a weird place. The movie Top Gun. I don't think that's weird. I think anybody who's watched that movie, and especially. We were kids when that thing came out, so. Oh yeah. Well, uh, I think know, I think I think most I people think, would be like, "Damn right, it was Top Gun." That's exactly why. You're not a you're not a red blooded fucking American if that didn't <laughs> sure. inspire you to go fly. God sure. damn it! You know, <laughs> so you know it's uh so that that really is where it started. You know it uh I saw that movie and and I remember I remember just thinking, "Damn, I want to do that," and um. Of course, that was out of the cards for me because uh, I do not have good vision. Um, but luckily, you don't—you know—you don't have to have perfect vision to fly as a civilian. Uh, and so, you know, we—this is something that I that I kind of piddled with for for years, uh, learning more and more about it, learning—you know—learning just about every aspect about it to the point to where when I finally went to do my flight training. I knew I knew so much theory that we just skipped that. Yeah. And and went and and climbed right into the airplane. Because you uh, do they do I mean a part of getting your license is learning how an airplane actually works. 
right? Yeah, yeah. It's Am learning right the prin- You're right about that. It's learning learning the principles of flight. Um, you know, learning. It's, uh, it's not really the, so much of get like getting your driver's license, where you just really need to know what a stop sign is, and it's a little more complex. Yeah, uh, yes. you know, because because that that that's something else is you have to really change your thinking because you're um you're operating. Whereas when you're driving a car, you're operating in in two axes. So you're you're operating in the X and Y axes. Well, when you're flying, you're operating in three axes. So uh, you're operating X, Y, Z. And so you have to understand that you have to, you have to be able to visualize that, uh, as a theory, uh, in order to do it in practice. Um, and then, uh, you know, so it's, it was kind of, you know, it's kind of one of those things too, where I put it off for so long because of money, it's expensive. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a very expensive hobby. And, um, you know, and they wonder why there's a shortage of pilots, but, um, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it was probably eight or $10,000 just to get the license. And that's not counting any other flying you do. So it, it is not a cheap hobby to engage in. And, but, but man, for me, there is nothing better than getting up there and just, just being up there. It is the, it is the one place that I can center myself. Right. There's really not a lot of other ways I can do that. Um, and I, I think part of it comes down to the fact that um, I have to concentrate, right? You know, because, you know, air, there, there's there's a million ways to die in an airplane. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're controlling it. Um, so, you know, you're so hyper-focused on the airplane and making sure that making sure that everything's running like it should. You're not about to, you know, fly into the side of a hill you know, something like that, you know, that, that you, your mind can't really can't go anywhere else. You know, it's, it's, it's a very technical, it's a very technical hobby. You know, you have, it does require a level of skill and a level of of technical expertise. And, you know, that appeals to me too, but, but it, it, it commands my full attention. And that's, uh, there's not, there is very, very few things that can do that. So, there's a lot of, you know, that's just one of many reasons why I love flying. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it started with Tom Cruise with Maverick. What are some of the, um, maybe going back even to when you were a kid and you can ask me the same question later as well. Cause that's kind of where my head was at when we were talking about hobbies, but what are some of the ones that like as a kid you had, and then you just bounce from them and maybe you just gave up. You know, you, you lost interest for whatever reason, hmm. or maybe you lost interest for a while and came back to later. What are, what are some of those, the ones that kind of didn't stick? Well, one that, one that did not stick that I was fanatic about when I was a kid was baseball cards. Okay. Um, you know, matter of fact, matter of fact, uh, that was, uh, that was something that I used to do with, with Richard and Aaron. Yeah. Um, you know, they were into that too. Matter of fact, their mom used to take us around to these card shows and, uh, and, you know, we'd buy baseball cards, but man, I had a subscription to Beckett, which is the, you know, yeah. which is the, the card value magazine. And, and, uh, you know, I would spend, I would spend hours going through baseball cards, going through my cards and looking, looking for them and here's what they're worth. And, uh, I would look up, uh, old baseball cards and figure out what they're worth. And, and it just, it just kind of, ended i just it just it 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 wasn't interesting anymore and you know puberty didn't help uh because when when the hobby starts to become looking at girls that's yeah uh, (laughs) when when you when you when you when you become a little pubert you know uh you know uh uh you know baseball cards become less for priority but but i will say this i i have gotten in recent years i have um uh, I've kind of gotten back into looking at baseball cards. I, I'm not, I'm not about to go get folders and start a collection or anything, but you know, I'll get on Google and I'll look up, I'll look up various baseball players and, you know, look, look for those baseball. And a lot of times I'll scroll through them and I'll be like, Oh damn, I had that card. Damn. I had that card. Matter of fact, I've got a bunch of baseball cards around my mom and dad's house. I have no clue where they're at. I have not a clue where they're at. And I, I've been meaning to go home and, and, look around for them, you know, just to, 
just to look through them again and say, oh, yeah, I remember this card. And, oh, I remember that guy. And I remember when he played and that kind of stuff. And there's probably some cards in there that are worth something now. You know, they were, you know, they were cards. Yeah, they're still in decent condition. I mean, if I got like 10 Ken Griffey Juniors in there, oh, yeah. you know, from 1990, <laughs> you sure. know, that might be, that, that'd be like having a, that'd be like having a, you know, a Ted Williams, you know, back then, you know, so it's, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, but yeah, I kind of got into that and, and then it just, it just kind of, kind of faded out. What about you? What what about you? Same thing, same question. Uh what what did you engage in as a as a kid as a hobby that you just that you either don't do now or you you walked away for a very long period of time and have come back to it? Well, and going along with our um one of our hobbies became looking at girls line of thinking. <laughs> uh you know, in in high school, about middle of the way and through high school, uh I got a guitar. Right. Cause everybody's, you know, I've always been into music. I've always, you know, my parents, I, they have video documentation of me being about two or three years old, went demanding to listen to Van Halen. And I kid you <laughs> not, like that's really what I was doing. And, uh, <laughs> Van Halen and Michael Jackson. And, uh, so I've always liked that stuff. And so then in high school, when it got into my head of like, Oh, I'll, play guitar and that would get me a girlfriend, you know, <laughs> that kind of stupidity that a pretty much every, every, uh, everybody who is into music ha- probably has that thought. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter, you know, men or women, you probably have that. I want to be a rock star and get attention and all that. Um, and that was something that I never, I never put any effort into trying to get someone to really teach me how to play guitar, how to really read music other than tabs, mm-hmm. um, how to do it correctly. And then I'm always, I've always been the type of person that if I can't figure it out on my own, and this is again, before the days of YouTube where you can learn anything um, for free on the internet, you know, uh, didn't really have that at, without finding an instructor or just being talented you know, there are right, people right. who are just very talented at things like that. And they <laughs> Sheffield, on, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, those three assholes. Uh, <laughs> but I wasn't one of those people. I was into it, but I wasn't knowledgeable enough about it to teach myself. And then mm. I lost the motivation for that. Mm. It, you know, I, I, it's kind of a reinforcement, negative reinforcement. I, I can't do it. And I don't know what I'm doing to teach myself. So why continue doing it? Right. Is it was my erroneous way of thinking. So playing an instrument was mine. It was a kind of a big hobby of mine in high school. And then it just never, I never stuck with it. And I I still regret that because I still love listening to music. I love, I really wish I'd gotten into drums more than guitar. Because to me, that just seems more fun now, but you know, back then you're just the guitarist is the one who does the solos and wears the leather jackets. And the guitarist get, is the one that gets get, laid. Gets Let's just, atten- just call yeah, it gets, what it is. Gets the attention <laughs> or whatever. Uh, and I just, I didn't see that as a drummer, but that's false. You know, that's wrong as well. But yeah, I think drumming would have been more fun. My dad was a drummer. You mm-hmm. know, he was always big into that. And, you know, I, I guess I've learned this behavior from him, man. If I start listening to music, I like I'm air drumming all over the place, except uh-huh. because I used to guitar, I switch air instruments. Right. And, right. and you know, it's probably fairly entertaining to watch me listen to music that I'm super into because I can't make up my mind, which one I want to pretend to play while I'm listening. Right. And, uh, <laughs> If you throw in some something like Van Halen with some synthesizer or whatever, then I'm also throwing in, you know, that. You're Eddie Van Halen on the axes there, just and then I'm drumming, and then I'm also hitting the keys for the for the synthesizer here all of a sudden. And you know, you know, I remember I remember you doing guitar in high school, and and I remember I can remember. Like I'd be riding in the car with you and you would do that. You would be sitting there, you'd be strumming while you drove. You this, know, you see. I did, but man, driving, because that's when dad would do it too. I mean, mm-hmm. and he it still does that. 
you know. And uh, but dad, when we were little kids too, he would throw in the he'd be drumming on the steering wheel. If he catches you not paying attention, he's smacking you in the stomach as part uh-huh. of the symbol beat, you know, <laughs> to get uh-huh. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, man, my you dad know. did that. My dad did that too. He he did that exact same thing, except he would he'd whack you on the shoulder, whack you on the leg, you know, wake you up out of whatever whatever haze you were yep. in, you know. And you know and what's just, funny? Just make you so mad because it's just out of nowhere, you know. <laughs> You know, what's funny is, is, you know, I had, I had a guitar hobby too, and I actually had a teacher, um, you know, my granddad taught me mm. and, you know, he, he was a, he was a bluegrass guitarist. Oh yeah. And, you know, so, you know, he taught me, he taught me chords and, and how, you know, what, you know, tips on switching, but, you know, and, and I actually got to where I could play pretty decently and I'm kind of like, I just, just kind of gave it up and, you know, now, now you're talking about, dr- it's funny you mentioned drums because that's exactly the direction I went. I bought a drum set. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, uh, and so, but the problem I've got now is I live in a house with two women who don't appreciate the drums. And so I have to wait till they're like gone before I can tear into those drums. Doesn't, doesn't allow for a whole lot of practice. No, and and right. I'm I'm look I'm looking to get an electronic drum set for that reason, and that, oh, yeah, that's that'd be a, cool. That'd be cool. That that's a fight. That's a fight. Me and the wife had not too long ago, actually, but uh, where she 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 basically held high court and told me what mm. a big hypocrite told me what a big hypocrite I am for wanting to spend that money after railing on her about that two days prior to that. So you know, it's just well, what she's probably she, what, right. If I mean, if you don't mind saying, what did she want versus the drum set? It wasn't really what she wanted. It was the fact that we we got a credit card bill in, and I was I was I was scrutinizing the charges, and she had made a lot of clothing purchases. Um, for not only she'd made some for herself, but also my daughter. Uh-huh. And you know, I was pointing that out, and she, you know, you know, and then and then like an idiot. And I, I mean, it didn't even forty eight hours later. I come in. I'm gonna go buy a drum set. Mm, wow. I'm gonna go spend. I'm gonna spend. I'm gonna go spend seven hundred dollars on a drum set, and she's like, "You motherfucker!" <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well. Hey, here's the thing, though. You buy one drum set, mm-hmm. you're probably not buying another one. At least not hey, for a really long time. So that that, was- that maintains some value. It holds its value. Those clothes, you know. I, I'm 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 playing serious devil's advocate here. You know, as somebody who, I, I mean, I also like clothes. I don't go shopping for them that often, but I have at periods of time been into doing that. And, uh, but, but the, the clothes don't hold the value like a drum set does. No, no. And that, that was my argument. And she, yeah. she basically said that was a load of bullshit. Yeah. Left it at that. So, you know, it's just uh <laughs> game but, over, <laughs> game over, buddy. Uh, I have, go, uh, I have a, go thing. shove your horse shit elsewhere. You know, you, you brought up like chef and Al and them and I have, I would like to tell a story while they are not here to, uh, refute it. Yeah. Or, or defend themselves in any way while I tell it exactly how it happened. Um, well in high school, when we had all these instruments, you know, Sheffield could play guitar, drums, piano, he could play everything. Fucking and, uh, we were over at his house and we were, you know, trying to get our four piece band thing together. Right. And it's, <laughs> it's Sheffield, myself, uh, my cousin and another guy in high school with us. And we, uh, were practicing some Metallica songs. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was a period of time where we, we took a little break or whatever happened. And then we were going to get back into it. And I am sitting there. I'm plugged in. I'm I'm practicing the opening for Metallica's one. You know, it's real. It's super complicated. It was going to take me like 17 hours to learn that part. Uh, it's just like four single 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 note in a row, repetitive. You know, you've heard the song, right, right, uh, right, right. And I'm sitting here trying to practice, doing my best to practice, and these other three rude assholes just start into some other song. Hmm. You know over me and then then had the audacity to complain that i was playing in the middle of their practice (laughs) 
You know, yeah, what, it was, an asshole. what it an was, asshole. It was really important for me to get that down. And here they are playing over me. I can't even hear myself to see if I'm doing it right. You know, <laughs> and they still to this day act like I was in the wrong. And I'm sure later on, if we, you know, when we start sending these things out to them, you know, or whatever, if they hear one of these, they're going to try to argue that they were already playing and I had my amp turned up too loud and they could hear me in the background, but that's wrong. I was trying to play my part. It was very important. They should have been sitting around listening to me to make sure I was doing it correctly. And they just laid into a song. So well, I will, I'm, I'm I telling will, you how it was and they're going to lie. So don't listen. I will, well, I will gladly, I will gladly for the sake of objectivity and invite, invite chef to come onto the show and tell his version of the story, which mm. I'm sure is wildly different than yours. No, it will be. Uh, It'll be all lies. And I'm setting the record straight <laughs> right now before he can get on here and refute it. That that's how it happened. Well, and he, and he would do that just to be an asshole too. You know, so you know, he'd get on here, he'd get on here and lie his ass off just to, just to, just to, just to fuck with you, you know. So, but uh, but no. But to 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 finish out uh, my hobby part though, later on, you know, that was one that I kind of started yeah younger age and then uh, kind of dropped after mm-hmm. a while. But the one that's kind of still stuck with me that I need to I need to get back into having good habits about it, but it stuck with me for a while ever since the very end of college is I I enjoy writing. Well, yes, I would say that I enjoy the process of coming up with stories. But as for sitting down in front of a blank computer screen and starting to write, I'm not a big fan of that part of it. Mm -hmm. But that's just an aspect of getting into the habit and finding a some kind of structure that works for you. And each, each person that writes, it's different for everybody, whatever, right. how, whatever method they need to do it. And you have to, you know, you have to figure that part out for yourself. You, you know, maybe someone else's will work and you'll try it and it'll do that. But for the most part, each writer has their own thing and their own way of doing it. And that that's become one that I've enjoyed over time that I've kept up with. I mean, I've, mm. I, what an episode ago or whatever, talking about, you know, one of my biggest hobbies that I've kept forever is games. I've mm. been into games, but as far as one that was newer, kind of later on after high school and everything, I would say writing is for sure that one. Um, and, and I'm wanting to get back into that even more. And as we've started doing outlines for this, show and things like that it's really gotten me back into coming up with ideas and picking back up on stories i put down for a long time and get you know working on those i I find in my motivation to do that is 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 growing day by day to do it so probably get get back into doing that i'm looking forward to that well that's awesome and and um yeah i mean and we'd be we'd be interested to hear what hobbies you have and what, you know, what you've given up and, and come back to in your life or something that's just been a lifelong passion. And which you know, one, which you. one stuck with you? Yeah. You know, I mean, which one did you pick up as a kid? Cause for me, one of them that picked up as a little kid and maintained forever is reading. Mm-hmm. I'm sure same, same with you, but oh, for me in particular reading fantasy stuff. So I, some of the earliest stuff I can remember watching on TV were show old shows like David the Gnome. Oh uh, yeah. You know, movies like American tale or secrets of Nim, you know, these, these kind of fantasy bent stories. And I got interested in that. And then I was lucky enough to have some, you know, either older relatives, like, um, I know you're familiar with the dragon Lance fantasy series. I got into that because my, uh, grandmother on my mom's side knew I liked to read kind of knew I was into that. And she just, I can't remember if it was for my birthday or Christmas one year, she got me the hardback edition of the newest book in the series, which was way down the line, but it was just the new, probably bestseller in fantasy at the time. And she, so she got me that book and I read it two or three times. I I loved it so much that I read it two or three times. And that got me into going back and, you know, 
you can see at the back of the book, you know, more in the series, whatever. And so mm-hmm. I just, anytime we would go to the mall or something like that, I would, I would make sure I had at least 10 bucks to buy another Dragonlance book. And usually I'd have enough to buy three or four at a time. Cause I was so far behind in the series at that point anyway. Right. And just, you know, since then, the, you know, things like that kind of stuck with me. And so, you know, the interest in the hobby of reading fantasy has branched out to, you know, games, movies, shows, mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons, you know, all the, all the things that go into it any, in any way that you can find to take part into that, in that, you know, fantasy genre of whatever it is that mm-hmm. stuck with me since I was a little kid and is still there today. Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'm the boring, I'm the boring one because my reading transitioned into reading for information. And I don't think, I don't think I've, I bet I can count on both hands over the last 25 years, the number of fiction books I've read, you know, I've read, read. And, you know, I just, you know, it's all history books and stuff like that. Cause that's what I'm into. So, you know, but, yeah, but I mean, that stuff, but not, reading is not reading boring. is reading. No, it's yeah, not boring. Yeah. It's always it's always telling a story. So right. it's just it's just the story just happens to be this shit actually happened. You know, right. that kind of thing. So you know, especially military history, that that's that's a big one. Yeah. Um and, and we're not really going this far into it today, but uh I get I get really excited about genre fiction mm. and then I get really pissed off when I you see comments or whatever of people who don't consider it uh, legitimate or important. But mm. if you look at all the ways that science fiction or fantasy or whatever has tackled social issues, you know, religion, oh, sure. just, just the, the, the spread of human experience. And, but it presents it in a way that's relatable. It offers some escapism from tying it to directly real life but then gives you that experience in a safer way. Mm. And a lot of people have learned a lot of lessons from that where they wouldn't have gotten that just because maybe they aren't as interested in reading history and understanding how that applies. Maybe they don't want to study religion to learn any of that stuff. You know, maybe they study some of that stuff too much and are too rigid in their thinking and never Mm. thought outside of themselves or whatever. And then they read a story that outlines some one fantasy race being racist to another one. And they can immediately see that that's not the right way. Mm. And then it clicks, you know, there are plenty of people where things like that happen. And I, I really, that's one of the things that I always come back to is if you ask me why I love fantasy or science fiction, it's because of that, because it can mm. present real human experience in a controlled fictional way to teach those lessons anyway. Yeah. You know, makes sense. But, but going along with that into the next topic that I uh, was kind of thinking about and it, it piggybacks off the hobbies, but I was wanting to talk about some of these hobbies that we've had, or even if it's not really a hobby, you watch a movie or you see, you know, everybody watches movies or shows or whatever. However, you know, you're spending your, maybe turn your, call it whatever you want, turning your brain off, whether you're watching some stupid show or you're watching some critically acclaimed, you know, whatever it is, the the peak of that content. Um, I'm sure most people have had experiences when they're doing that, they're reading a book, watching a movie, even playing a game or listening to music or something where you are introduced to an idea that goes against your own core beliefs or maybe present something, maybe when you're younger and you don't even have those core beliefs written in stone quite yet, it goes against your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm have that moment of understanding that this is making me uncomfortable. Maybe it's making me feel guilty because I'm listening to something that for whatever reason, you're maybe your parents, maybe your school, maybe whatever they say, you shouldn't be listening to that kind of stuff or watching mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, whatever it is. Uh, I wanted to go into that a little bit and, and 
because that often presents through hobbies mm. where you're introduced to these things. So yes. for the thing that made me think about this topic is uh, also in the line of hobbies, we grew up at a time and I'm not saying we're special. This is just how it was when we were growing up where being a nerd, being a geek was not cool. No, it, it was not the cool thing. You know, you were not going to make friends with the guys playing football and drinking beer after school. If you were talking about dungeon dragons and video games or whatever, you know, right. the most of the stuff that we liked and you certainly were not going to make, make too many friends with the girls. <laughs> if you're talking uh, about, yeah. <laughs> if you're wearing those thick glasses like we both had before we started wearing contacts, <laughs> you know, and you're talking about <laughs> you're talking about direct dragon lance and whatever else and Final Fantasy, you're not you're not you're not getting too many friends that way either. Yeah. If you don't already have them, that they like that stuff. Uh, yeah, that's true. And uh, but for me, I still I know it's not really like that anymore. There are too many people being very successful, openly embracing geek and nerd culture, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. There's too many, you know, whether it's Dungeons and Dragons and you're going to watch Critical Role on YouTube and they're making millions of dollars playing Dungeons and Dragons professionally, or you've got all these game game streamers and, you know, internet personalities and everything really profiting off of their enjoyment of, of this, this culture. Right. And the, and these Mm -hmm. things. Uh, But one of the things that I still, because I came into it later that I still, I'm like, Oh, I really want to say this on the podcast that I like this stuff. I guess I will. Uh, And that's anime. Mm. I have gotten pretty big into that. So then the like later on, I mean, I was in my thirties when I started watching this again and I hadn't watched it since I was probably in my early twenties. Um, when I would just watch a few things like Cowboy Bebop is one of the most famous ones. And it was pretty much anybody who likes that loves it. And it it was acceptable to like that one, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but anything else is not so much. Uh, And even then that might be pushing it with a with whatever crowd you're in. But now I've kind of gotten back into it or whatever. And I picked up on one and was watching it, really liked it. Uh, And the point, what it, the content of it or the outline of it isn't really important. It's one of the things that happens later on in the show that gets me back to my challenging beliefs part. And, um, I liked it, but like many anime, they get made and there's a season of it or so. And you know, whether it gets canceled or it might take four years to put out the rest of the story, because maybe it's still being written by the original manga artist, or maybe it was a light novel, which is, you know, like a novella, telling these stories, they get turned into anime, whatever. Um, and so I just started buying the books. It's the first time I've ever really bought the light novels of a story. And it gets to a point where basically the concept of polygamy is brought up. Oh, fun. And the main, yeah. And the main character who has had these different love interests throughout as he's, and cause it's starting off as him as a kid and, you know, he's growing up to, you know, like in an 18, 20 year old so far at the point of the story. And he's, he gets married to, you know, his childhood friend who becomes, you know, a love interest later on, whatever. But then he also marries another girl. And then he marries another girl and and I'm reading this and you know, this is not a judgment against anybody who is in a non-monogamous relationship. That's not where I'm coming from. It's just not personally for me. And the idea, like all I can feel is, you know, this just, just massive level of discomfort of how uncomfortable I would be in that kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. And so it took a lot for me to think, well, I like the rest of the story. I need, I want to see how they handle this. How does it go on? You know, I don't want to just give up on reading this book just because of this one thing that I don't agree with. Right. You know? And so I still don't agree with it. Doesn't matter. But now in reading the story, it doesn't really bother me that much because I've, I've thought about it, engaged with my own discomfort, and kind of gotten used to the idea that an aspect of this story is something that I don't partake in and I don't really enjoy again, not in a judgmental way. It's just not for me personally, 
but the story still works. I still mm-hmm. like what's going on. They're handling it in a way that seems reasonable and believable for this kind of situation. It's a fantasy thing. So they're part of a culture where it's not, um, it's not a taboo. It's not in the, in the culture backstory of the story of the book. It's not, um, it's not common, but again, it's not taboo. It's just not frowned on. Right. And so, and that's just the, the culture of the setting of the world. And so it's just sort of normalized, but in his mind, because of the weird, you know, just circumstances of his own character at first, he does think it's weird. And he himself has the thought of, ah, is this right to even do this type of thing or whatever? But he is a person who's coming from outside of this world's culture. He's a, he's a newcomer into this himself. Mm-hmm. And so he is not used to the idea that this is an acceptable thing and it's okay to be doing this as long as, again, it's presented in a very consensual, very understanding, mature way. Mm. And so that made me think, what are some of the things for you like growing up or whatever? And I'll, 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 I'll end by saying one of them, one of the main ones that I can remember when I was younger was I was a huge Metallica fan, but when I first got into them, I only would listen to Inner Sandman off the Black Album. Right. Because some of their other songs, I was old enough to recognize that some of the subject matter and some of the other songs were not exactly, you know, kosher, (laughs) for especially like where we grew up. Right. For the, you know, there there were songs on that album. Yes, there are songs on there that are talking about, you know, not believing in God. There's, you know, there are like a, there are a lot of subjects in on that album that I was not used to and I was mm-hmm. not comfortable with. And so it took me a very long, as a matter of fact, my aunt still laughs about how when I started listening to that, she liked that album as well. And so she would let me listen to it with her, but she started getting burnt out because I only wanted to listen to Inner Sandman. And later on, she was like, I just wanted to be Steven. You know that their whole rest of the album is really good, right? Why are we not listening to the rest of the album? And it was because I was a kid. I mean, I might have been 12 or 13. I don't know what I was at the time. Uh, And I was not comfortable with that stuff yet. So anyway, that's my spiel on it. What about you? Well, and and I sat and thought about this. And what's what's interesting about the way I was raised was... You know, my parents pretty much with with exceptions, obviously, you know, they they took a pretty hands off approach to my access to media. And mm-hmm. so, Mine you know, too. and so I, you know, I was pretty comfortable with most things. Um, but I'll tell you, the, the thing, the thing that I kept coming back to and thinking about it was Bill Hicks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That because. Because when you th- if 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 any of y'all listen to Bill Hicks, if you're a Bill Hicks fan at all, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, he was he was saying things in his comedy that just it was just you know just blowing my mind. It was challenging. It was challenging concepts and you know and and culture that I'd grown up around because you know I grew up I grew up around fairly conservative people. Uh, in my family, and of course, as Stephen knows, we both grew up around those people in our community. Uh, you know where, you know it's a, it's this idea of question authority, be subversive, um, you know, laugh at people's misfortune, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, be apathetic about things, you know, don't, you know, don't don't have any faith in humanity type, you know, type humor. And at first, it was a little unsettling for me. Yeah. You know, because I thought, I thought, wow, this is dark. I was like, this is, this is really dark. You know, I mean, this guy is something else. But then the more I listened to it, the more I began to realize I kind of agree with this. Yeah. This is really kind of how I feel about this because I'm one of those people, I'm one of those people that, you know, Man, I, I tried, I you know, things like church and stuff like that. I tried, I really did to get into that kind of stuff. And it's just, I don't feel it. And it's just, you know, and I know people that do, you know, that, that, 
they have an intrinsic drive toward that and they feel something I don't. And, um, you know, and not just, not just church, that's just an example, but you know, you know, the conservative culture that we grew up around the, you know, it just, I began to realize that I don't think like those people at all, you know, and I'd been raised to think like those people and I, and fuck, did I resist it? Did I, did I fucking resist it? And until, until I finally just let go and said, this is who I am. This is my thought process. This is what I believe is when I truly got comfortable and man, did it expand my horizons. You know, that, that's, that's probably the biggest benefit I got from that is it did expand my horizons. Yeah. Same with everything that I can think of growing up that in every instance where I would, uh, listen to the music, watch a show, listen to, you know, a comedian. Cause I had the, you know, I felt the same way about listening to Bill Hicks as well. Same, same thing. Um, at every single time, there's just this intense feeling of like being guilty, you know, feeling, uh, like you're just completely doing something wrong, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But every single time you get over that, you you're able to look at things in a little different way. Mm-hmm. And, and it made me feel more open-minded the more it happened. Right. Cause right. I was able to not only think about the subject, but also identify that own feeling of discomfort in myself, mm-hmm. because I think it's very important for everybody to be able to feel discomfort, but analyze it. Well, it's and, a, it's a, it's a healthy way to process it. Right. You know, that's the biggest thing is, is so many people go through life. I think, you know, feeling uncomfortable within their own skin and not knowing what to do about it. Right. right. And, and this doesn't even, this isn't even a thing, you know, a lot of people will say this and then they start, you know, thinking you're, it's all just fluffy stuff or whatever. Right. This isn't even, I mean, I, and I, of course I endorse therapy and mental health. I'm a, I've got my two degrees in psychology or whatever, but that's not where we're coming from, or at least that's not where I'm coming from. I don't think it is you either. It's, no. You don't have to talk to somebody about it. Be able to look at, reflect on yourself. Mm. What is making you uncomfortable? What about this thing? Is it, is it something you can deal with just by thinking about it? Or is it something that you have to, to face directly? Do you have to, you know, do you have to take some sort of action? Mm. And those things that we run into that challenge us like that offer you an opportunity to grow a little bit and explore yourself, not just these other things. And and it's not always that you have to decide that you are okay with something. You can also say, this makes me uncomfortable. I think about it. I've chewed it over for a little while and it still makes me uncomfortable. I still disagree with it. That's good too. You know, but the one thing I think the one benefit it does give us is that I think it teaches us that even though we don't disagree with something, that we can still be open-minded about it. Right. And, and that's, that's a huge lesson. I think for a lot of people, um, that, you know, I don't have to agree with this. I don't even have to like it, but I also understand that, you know, I have to accept that this is something that happens. And this is a part of, this is a part of life for however many people. And, you know, I think I think that getting comfortable with it part is very important in the in the process of being open minded and and just being more compassionate in general toward you know toward stuff that you may not disagree with or you may not be comfortable with you know and and I I really think that's a good lesson for everybody I really do and I think and I think that's a I think that's a good lesson to close that on is 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 you know the the ability to analyze, the ability to look into yourself to confront those discomforts. Well, I have uh, I have one that's a it's a before I forget type of thought, but mm-hmm. it goes into that uh, like life lesson pro tip thing. So here lately, you know, I I spend a lot of time. I, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I sure do watch a lot of YouTube, mm-hmm. and especially you know for these 
hobbies that we've been talking about or whatever. I got get on here. And, uh, lately I've been, you know, we were talking about earlier how, <laughs> you know, nerdism is cool these days. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to me that all these people are on YouTube talking about games, playing games, whatever. And, and it, it's, it's been very encouraging to see a lot of the content creators are starting to be women and yes. they're starting to finally, you know, play these games and do all the stuff. However, that leads me into my life pro tip that I wanted to give before I forgot. in that if you are on a YouTube video and you happen to be watching videos about a particular game and you're clicking through and you click on a thumbnail that's about the game, but you really clicked on it because it was a very attractive lady in the Mm. picture there. And you're going to click on it. If this is, this is, I'm talking about this hypothetical person, right? Right. Um, You click on that. You're watching the videos. She's talking about the game. She's doing whatever. If at any time during this process, this hypothetical person that I'm talking to now starts to type a comment on that video and in that comment, you are going to do some kind of fedora wearing neck beard (laughs) m'lady fucking asshole thing. Just edgelord shit. To gatekeep and talk And this, it's not just towards women, but a lot of it is. A lot of it seems to be. But there are these fuckheads who want to gatekeep their hobbies. Mm. And they want to write these comments asking them, uh, well, uh, uh, actually, uh, did you know? (laughs) And then they'll drop some super obscure trivia, you know, about it. Well, did you know that 20 years ago, the person that wrote this game was wearing flip flops instead of sandals? And that's why they designed the boot. Like, go fuck yourself, first of all. And here's what you can do. Here's my pro tip. Type that comment into the box. And then instead of hitting send, hit cancel. Mm. And then move on. Because you'll feel better. You got it out of your. Yeah, exactly. You got it out of your system. But then you erased it. So the rest of us didn't have to be assaulted with this fedora comment, you know, this assholeish behavior. And that person making that comment doesn't have to deal with this negativity mm-hmm. from you because they don't have to prove that they're a fan. They're making videos on this stuff. You're not, you know, like you're, I guess you're just getting off on it that you know more or you're trying to prove again, especially if it's toward a woman. You're trying to prove that they're not a real fan. Ugh. And it's like this really like, uh, you know, so what is it? Self-flagellation type thing. You're yeah. happy that there's this cute chick playing the same games as me, but, oh, it's probably fake. Like, how, you know, how dare they, whatever, whip myself, whip myself, then also write this horrible comment or whatever. So that's my tip. Stop doing that shit. I'm tired and, of and, it. I'm sick you know, of saying this shit. And, you know, there's a lot of that out there. What I, It's what I call the well, actually crowd. You know, yeah. they start they start everything out with, well, actually, you know, like a bunch of like a bunch of pedantic douchebags. Yeah. And, and, and again, know, it's not just it's not it ain't just gaming. It ain't just gaming. Just gaming. It's, it's everything. And it's also it's not just toward women. It happens no. to everybody. But especially if you're if you're looking at games. A lot of it is directed toward the women who are who are starting to come into the community and be open with playing games and stuff like that. Well, and that and, and, and that's an and, and that's another subject for another day. Just the horrific treatment sure. of women in, in in the in the gaming community and just how just just repugnant and repulsive the behavior toward women has been. I mean, I you know, and, and like I say, I'm not going to get into it, but it's a subject that 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 infuriates me when I think about it, but yeah, but I wanted to, I wanted to get that out there before I forgot. Ah, gotcha. Well, you know what? That's a good place to close up. So I think we're going to, uh, I think we're going to wrap up our show and, uh, we're glad that you sat with us today and listened to what we had to say. And we hope that you, we hope that you got something from it. And, uh, 
If you're interested in seeing more, uh, come find us on Twitter at Audacity Pod uh, or find us on Instagram, uh, username Audacity as well. And also, if you want to ask us any questions, any weird stories, maybe you grew up in the South, maybe you're identifying with some of the stuff that we're talking about, anything like that. If anything we've said makes you want to ask us something, feel free to write in, ask us some questions. Uh, we do intend to start answering some of that from time to time. Definitely. Uh, so, so please let us know. We would be happy to, to, to reach out and answer questions. And, you know, maybe if you got an idea for a topic as well you know, toss that to us. Uh, but yeah, anyway, we're, yeah, we're open. But yeah. So, uh, anyway, thanks. Thanks for listening to us today. And, I uh, hope, hope you'll come back and sit with us next time. Bye-bye now. <laughs>